All right. After a long hiatus, we are back on the Stay Tuned podcast, rebranded the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And with me today, first episode of 2023, I have Zach Ryan. What's up, Zach? What's up? It's like you never left. I know. It's weird. It's also the same time as last year that I did it. So there's some, there must be something in the air. I don't know what it is. And for your um, once annual podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, let's hope we can we can do a couple more than that this year. Um, but for background, for everybody, Zach is a longtime friend who I met a while back. Uh, can you tell the audience about kind of where we first met and how that happened? Uh, yeah, well, we both hail from the great state of New Jersey. Um, and so we've, you know, we've bumped bumped elbows a couple of times uh, in the youth soccer scene there. Um, mm, quite literally. Um, attended some, yes, quite literally. App was known as double A around the youth soccer community in New Jersey. And we scouted him heavily before their team inevitably uh, kicked ours butts. Um <laughs> And yeah, attended a couple of soccer camps together, youth soccer camps, um, knew him. He played Philly Academy. I played for Red Bull Academy. We played against each other a bunch in high school as well. And then ended up at, uh, at college together. So yeah, here we are. So it's been still, still been very, each other. Yeah, very similar trajectories, I would say, in life. Um, one big difference, though, now that we're out of college is that Zach is playing professional soccer. I can no longer do that decided not to do that uh with my injury but super exciting for zach can you tell us a little bit about the transition where you've been as a pro so far uh yeah so i transitioned out of college um into professional soccer by signing my first professional contract a homegrown contract with new york red bulls um i played academy as i mentioned before with them for five six years um in middle school, high school, uh, before going to school there. And so signed my first professional contract with them, played a year there, um, was a great experience. Um, got to get some MLS appearances and um, second team appearances in the USL with Red Bull too. Um, learned some valuable lessons and um, they decided not to pick up my contract. So I moved to a team here in, in Northern Virginia called Loudoun United in Loudoun County um affiliated with dc united um and so we are now about a month and a half two months into the season here and it's it's been great and excited to be here yeah. and um <laughs> having a good time yeah it's uh last year we'll wrap it up in a nutshell saying didn't go as both of us had hoped as obviously you'd hoped um mm -hmm. but this year zach's absolutely killing it so been scoring goals you scored what more goals in your whole last season in a week oh yeah yeah I uh yeah last season didn't go great um like I said just learned some valuable lessons and it was a great experience you know love the players there and the staff but for me I was just dealing with some injuries and didn't really get my feet underneath under me so I scored two goals all of last year um and so yeah my my goal scoring form has, has improved since yeah. uh, getting shoulder surgery and returning here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just brush this, this surgery under the rug. It's a big deal. It's surgery is a big deal. And you actually, yeah. you didn't go through many surgeries at all, right? Like I'm trying to remember back. That was, yeah, I only had gotten a thumb surgery 
um, yeah. in high school one time, which isn't exactly a, yeah. a major one. So, wait, was that, was that the thumb surgery caused by my my play? No, okay. no, no, no. My thumb <laughs> surgery was slightly before then. So, Andrew, okay. we were commits to Stanford uh, our junior year, our summer of junior, going into senior year. We went out to camp at Stanford, and um, I'd gotten my cast off from my left thumb about a month before this camp. And so my <laughs> my wrist was still very thin and uh, atrophied, very weak. And um, in a small side game, um, Andrew went into a tackle with me and he won the tackle. I fell on, on that weaker <laughs> wrist and, and broke it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, as a defender, felt great about it. And then you see a guy go down and he stays down. You're like, come on. Like, you're yeah. kidding me. Yeah, um, get up but i just dirt on it yeah literally i think i probably told you i was like dude get up and then he yeah. was like no nah, no nah. um i, I wouldn't but it. yeah and i guess for perspective i forgot to say in the beginning that zach is a striker goal scorer center forward although he had some stints at a right mid and left mid against san jose state back in the day <laughs> but i'm a i'm a defender i play center back outside back he used to play the six was so good that they had to move me back to uh to center back um but zach and i defended against each other or i defended against zach in training uh a lot he would press me from offense so we had a lot of time working with each other uh and had some fun there so just wanted to add that that fact in for people um to know the position and where we stand with that um but in honor of the podcast the first question first official real question i like to ask people is what have you been staying tuned into recently yourself in the sports realm? On the sports realm. I mean, I, you know, I follow the premier league and champions league um, pretty heavily. Uh, outside of that, I don't really follow sports too much. Uh, I do a pretty, pretty bad job of staying up to date on, um, you know, the happenings of the NFL and the NBA and other major sports leagues. So I'm yeah. really just a soccer junkie. Um, yeah how's so yeah, that? that and also new mls season and the open cup and you know domestic american soccer is really fun to watch so yeah what about um in terms of sports i mean it still counts with your own your own sports career so what kind of things are you staying tuned into as a young professional right now whether it's trying to build something for your team for yourself a certain skill or all of the above whatever comes to mind in that in that sense um yeah as an athlete um you know i i I think it's important to constantly engage in self-reflection so um you know i'm after this i'm gonna go back and watch our our phoenix game um we didn't have a good result the weekend so i'm gonna be going back looking at that you know i watch film pretty religiously um break down film and see things we can improve um so just like little tactical things like that, I'm pretty quote unquote tuned into. Um, yeah, for sure. And you, yeah, and just off the field, um, you know, trying to fill my time in as many ways as I can, you know, reading. I'm trying to read at least 30 books this year and I'm on track there. So I feel Sweet. like that keeps me sane with all this free time, free time we're yeah. afforded. So. For sure. Yeah, it's a good way to, good way to do it. Um, on that note, in terms of like, game film and stuff i've yeah i've noticed like as you get older and older you do more game film as an athlete 
and more like serious stuff. How would you say that's changed at all from the college level as an athlete to being a pro in terms of game film? Yeah. Um, well, I'd say that, you know, the program we played for at Stanford did an excellent job of stressing the importance of, of game film. So I feel like, uh, honestly, that prepared me very well for, you know, building that habit in my collegiate career and, and taking that into my professional career. Um, so really, I just employ a lot of the same techniques that I learned there. Um, and are they still in my professional life? Is Loudon still using it? Like, obviously, it, as a college athlete, it's different. And like, our team's different than most, probably. But we had assignments of like, you have to send in these clips and make this. As a pro, is it more just you do you and you do as much video work as you want or what's the the setup yeah yes yeah, definitely more self-driven i'd say um you know guys can choose to watch as much or as little game film as as they'd like to and you know we have we have coaches who do tactical analysis and analysis and will send us clips that we think we mm -hmm. should watch uh, as well as doing you know a film you know tactical breakdown before and after every match as you might expect um so yeah there, there's a lot of that and um uh, another thing I'd say is that the USL provides each of all of its players with a, a free Y scout login. So that's pretty nice. nice. Like you can go in and, you know, just click on individual players from the team you're matching up against this week and, you know, mm -hmm. watching players tendencies and, you know, tactical analysis and all that stuff. So that, that is a, a tool we, we had, but, you know, we had to share a login for a Y scout with the coaches. Yeah. It was, you can only be one guy on at a time. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not as easy to hop on there. So that's good. Yeah. How, um, I don't know if we're going to have kids listening to this, like young athletes, but give them a ballpark. You mentioned like, yeah, it's PG. So we're chilling. No, nothing bad's going on here. Um, so far. Give me, yeah, so far. Keep listening guys. We'll see. Um, give me a ballpark for those kids that are wondering or other people that are wondering how much time do you actually spend let's say a week on video like obviously it changes week to week for the most like most of it but how much would you say like two hours is it five hours like what's the yeah i'd say it depends on the amount of games we have in a week so this past week we we had three games in six days this past week so there was a lot of sitting wow. down and watching i'd say i'd go back and rewatch a game and between pausing and clipping it and you know rewatching certain things if i'm trying to figure something out per game is probably two hours and then um you know maybe i go and y scout a little bit you know for 30 minutes to an hour in the lead up to a game mm -hmm. so you know i'd say anywhere between two to four hours a week nothing gotcha. too crazy you know over the course of a couple yeah. Of days yeah i think it's just important to know because like sometimes it can seem super overwhelming or like, I don't have time for that, but it's really, if you put in, I guess a good two hours, you're saying two to four hours, super doable. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you do a little bit each day. So cool. Um, in terms of video from thinking back to Stanford, are there any videos that you look back on for like motivation? I, I know as a, as a retired athlete now, it's weird to say that, but I look back at some of our game film and like, just enjoy kind of watching myself how i move things like that have you looked back at all or have you just been looking forward since then yeah i definitely look back um 
I definitely look back, you know, before games, sometimes I'll go back and watch goals I scored at Stanford, um, you know, just to boost the confidence a little bit. And, you know, you can emulate yourself in what were filmed as your best moments. I think that's like a really easy way as an athlete to yeah. kind of get inspired and get, get ready for a game and just r- remind yourself that you're capable of, of things and, you know, go out and try to replicate them in the game. Yeah, we're all capable of things for sure. Um, yes, <laughs> and sometimes, then, sometimes sometimes we forget we're capable of things. So no, it's true. It's true. Sometimes of reminding yourself. Yeah, sometimes game film can be. I mean, we've experienced this. It can be very negative and like poking at what you did wrong, but mm-hmm. it's super important to look at what you do right and like when you score that goal that felt like really good and everything got put together. I think it's arguably even more important because it's like what what do people say it's like 90 percent confidence mm-hmm. in sport like everything revolves around that so yeah. kudos to you for looking back on that you you have quite a a bank of goals to to look back on at stanford but what uh in that sense what was or are some of your favorite memories at stanford whether it's on the field or just at school what kind of what comes to mind there i have a few off the top of my head but (laughs) yeah um i'll start with off the field i mean just you know some of the trips we went on you know just our guys in our soccer class were really Mm -hmm. fun you know just those little things where you're not doing anything too crazy but just you enjoy the three or four days of just hanging out with each other uh the dinners um, just sitting down after class every day or after training and just, again, yeah. it's really simple, but just hanging out and having good conversations. Um, yeah. You know, I definitely miss, I miss, um, you know, having a bit of an academic schedule. I think that's something you take for granted when you're in school and you feel like you can't wait to get out of, but, you know, just some of the late night study sessions with, with friends can be fun, uh, fun yeah. to look back on. Um, then soccer wise, um, you know, and there are a lot to choose from, but, you know, always, always fun. And that, that preseason time, we, we would all go stay in the dorm together as an entire team. And, and uh, it was really nothing but soccer around the clock for a month and a half. And that's a really fun period of time, you know, playing mafia and card games and just bantering a lot. And that's, that's a good time. And you know, on the field, um, you know, we, we had some great memories um i'd say the best one was probably for me the most visceral one was the pac-12 championship in in 2020 um Mm -hmm. during that covid year you know we went through a lot that year and to yeah to uh to to get to win that get that victory was was massive um so yeah there's there's a lot but i'm sure i left out a, a lot of other great ones i know i did but yeah, I think uh, that one's definitely the the standout for sure. When we mm-hmm. this guy ran from one end of the field, and you sprinted all the way back across the field to the Stanford logo and or the Pac-12 logo and just banged it, and yeah. we all just followed. Yeah. It was just hilarious. Um, one moment I yeah. want you to talk about. Think back to maybe when you weren't Zach Ryan, as people know Zach Ryan these days, but talk to me about 
the USF game that kind of was an inflection point in your career for people at Stanford? Yeah, um, totally. Um, yeah, that's that's a standout game for me. Um, up to that point, uh, I redshirted my freshman year, and this was our sophomore year. I had um, I hadn't played very many minutes that year our first year of eligibility i'd come on for probably five to seven minutes against maryland and then it came on for 15 minutes against georgetown and was playing out of position most of that preseason at right midfield and that's where i thought i was going to play most of the year um but came on at forward and did pretty well and so the coach decided to start me in the usf game that year and that was that was a big moment my first collegiate start um and you know when you don't have you know those those moments to build your confidence in the bank you're kind of just starting from scratch you kind of question whether or not you're worthy of being on the field so you know going to that game it was very much for me um you know can i prove to myself and can i prove to my teammates that i'm worthy of being on the field and of contributing to the team and win and yeah i ended up playing a really good game didn't score any goals we got an assist and we won that game as our first win of the season and uh started um most if not all the games from that point out and and uh yeah i think early on in your career it's 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 difficult to um gain the trust of your coaching staff and when you mm -hmm. just kind of go out and you know just perform your hardest and not worry about any of the and the outside things that can influence outcomes then you know that for me helped me capitalize on that opportunity so that's a that was a great memory yeah for sure I think it's it was definitely that everybody I feel like as an athlete you have that game or like that moment where it kind of goes it clicks together and you just perform at one of your highest and that mm -hmm. kind of especially in moments like that and you were obviously a red shirt I was a red shirt my freshman year so part of this podcast too is getting real like not just talking about the great things right but talking about like sports is not about the just the wins like it's also about the losses and the struggle and like working in the gym or on the field late at night so take me back to or take yourself back to that mindset of being a red shirt under some like you're also under some great players so like you think it's going to be really hard to work your way into a team mm -hmm. what was your approach to that how did that affect your mindset? Um, just take yourself back to that moment. Uh, yeah. I think when you're starting a new journey, whether you're joining a new team or moving to a new place, starting a new challenge, um, a thing that's helped me is to have very few expectations. Um, and this is something that I'm, I'm saying now, um, having learned that lesson my mm -hmm. freshman year at Stanford kind of coming in and, you know, you're an overzealous high schooler who wants to co come in and contribute immediately. Um, and of course that's exactly what every player should be wanting to do when they're joining a new team. But, you know, you look at it and um, we're joining a team, returning pretty much all of their attacking players, two-time defending national championship team with, um, you know, guys who'd scored a ton of goals. Um, and all Americans at their positions. Um, and I'm coming in, you know, with a good high school career, but really obviously no college experience. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's good and important to want to contribute, to inspire to contribute, to aspire to do well, uh, but to expect to is can get you in trouble because as soon as um, right. your reality doesn't meet your expectation, then you can can begin to second guess yourself, second guess how worthy you are of being in the place you are, um, and you know not not getting exactly what you expect or aspire to get um, right away. It doesn't mean that you should stop trying. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was, I was glad that after that freshman year, um, you know, I, we had great players around us and a great staff who, you know, encouraged us to, you know, look internally and improve and see what's keeping you off the field and then work from there. Um, as opposed to, you not being on the field being some indication of how worthy you are of being on the field at some point in time in the future. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that can definitely happen to people and coaches can say that. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought they did a good job of actually telling us like that you're like, keep working hard. Like everything you're doing is noticed. It's just like, we have a great team right now. So keep, keep waiting for your opportunity. That's kind of the way that I, the way that I framed it, um, personally, it sounds like you did as well. Um, but in terms of during that redshirt year, I think it's a really interesting time for just athletes, college athletes in general. Like, because usually when you go to a high achieving program, you were a really good high school player. Like you said, like you had a really solid high school career. Uh, even when you scored against me, that was probably your the biggest moment of your high school career. Um, <laughs> three, three against you yeah i had, I had mono let's let's yeah. put that fact out there um but yeah in terms of in terms of that i personally went through like a very big adjustment period of trying to understand like where i fit in where i get my confidence from um as a freshman because when you're not playing and you're just rolling up to practice or rolling up to lifts and you're not suiting up for games even it can get pretty just like unenjoyable so how did you did you experience anything like that and what kind of process did you go through there I don't think we've even talked about this to be honest but yeah uh no I think you hinted at it there and and you know when when you attribute so much of an identity such a large proportion of your identity to being a certain thing and doing certain things day in day out, and then you're there are constraints thrown at you, thrown at you, and you can no longer do the things you think you do. Um, then that can obviously present challenges and make you question your identity. Um, and so, you know, there's there's no immediate flip you can switch. Um, and no immediate moment of realization you can have where it's like, oh, okay, that's not who I am. Um, that's okay. I'm just this person now who attends trainings and supports a team and who, mm-hmm. you know, does other things on the side. It's, it's a, it's a little, it's like a micro identity crisis a little bit. Um, For sure. Yeah. And that sounds dramatic, but it's you know you're challenged to look internally and and think critically about who you are and what makes you who you are on and off the field um so you know i feel like as you get older you 
are constantly presented with, you know, life events that either affirm your conception of who you are or dis, dis like, you know, disprove your conception yeah. of who you are. Um, nice way to, find slowly, way to find that word. <laughs> yeah, we found it. Um, and slowly that kind of just chisels out like a clear and clear image of, of who you are as a person, as a player, as an athlete. So, um, mm -hmm. the, the key for me was not to take either of those two extremes as, you know, a final verdict, but to kind of just embrace the, you know, constant, um, you know, revolving door of experiences and, um, learn from every experience and, you know, still have both the confidence and the humility to continue just being who I am as a person athlete. Yeah, definitely. I think there's, I like what you said about there's those certain moments and like interactions that you have that affirm kind of who you are, or you just feel in a situation, this is not who I am. And you just kind of know, like you just have that feeling. Um, and I brought up a little bit too about like, where do you find your confidence and like enjoyment or joy from? And the immediate thing I thought of for you was with mendicants and people probably don't know what mendicants is listening to this some might from stanford but the mendicants yeah with the mendicants t. with a capital t capital m um for men but <laughs> when tell us like how you got started with that what it is and this is my favorite story so don't mess it up <laughs> this is his favorite story because it involves him heavily um <laughs> yeah, so the the mendicants an don't call me fat. On, on, at Stanford. <laughs> they're they're an acapella group at Stanford. Stanford's original acapella group established in 1963. Um and they they don uh great red blazers on campus with jeans and um white v-necks. So they're eye popping if you ever run into them on campus. <laughs> um go follow them on social media and, and go check out their youtube um so anyway done plugging we're walking <laughs> through the activities fair one day or you know first week of school at stanford and, and andrew's walking by me and they're a group of guys wearing these red jackets um right outside the activities fair and they stop us and ask if if any of us sing or are interested in singing in, in acapella generally um and I, I was aware of the mendicants uh, before I got on campus. I'd kind of seen some acapella groups, but never really gave too much thought to joining one. And Andrew had heard me um, sing before, you know, casually, like in the locker room, whatever, um, and had formed the opinion for himself that I was decent enough to to try out for these guys. And so he implored me to to, to audition and signed signed up for me on my behalf chose to sign up as well and said, if you go, I'll go then, you know, canceled his audition. Then I decided to yeah. go with it, go try out and, and join it was one of the you know best decisions I made at Stanford. Um, you know, and now I have some lifelong friends who I spent time with in that group and um, got to be exposed to a community of people at Stanford that I would not have otherwise been exposed to kind of a more creative, musical, artistic group of people um and it was was really fun got to spend time with some amazing smart people travel record albums record music videos 
um, do performances. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I feel like you had your your pitch perfect moment in college for sure. Um, Absolutely. But but yeah, I feel like for Zach, also that like talk about the moments that affirm who you are. One that was you like taking on the challenge and going to the the uh, audition, whereas I didn't. But what it did affirm for me too is like <laughs> connecting people. Like I love putting people in front of one another and like bringing people together, encouraging people. And that's kind of what I did there. And obviously it turned out well. Sometimes it might not turn out well, but Zach's humble, as you guys can probably tell, just by the way he tells, talks about his successes, but he auditioned and then shortly thereafter got the lead, lead role of the whole mendicants company, if you want to call it. It's called, it's called, it's called lead, which is just, the way we denoted tenor yeah one of many but one of one um so the next thing i want to do as we wrap up is you have like a moment to share your advice with other athletes like what's something that you think is just really crucial to you and why you've done so well and continue to stay in it like what's a piece of advice you just give to athletes generally and yeah take Take all the time you need to uh to think of it because we'll we'll end on after this. Yeah, I think as an athlete, and th- th- this applies to athletes, but it also applies to everyone. Um, it's important to be both your greatest support system and your own greatest critic at the same time. Um, you know, taking every victory. Um you know, every good thing that happens to you as, you know, in stride and as an indicator that you're, you're capable of, of great things and of accomplishing your goals, but also um, not getting carried away in those moments. Um, and as well, looking critically, even at, in the midst of those victories um, at what you can improve. And knowing that you're never a finished product. Um, so for me, that's a really important, important thing. Um, and, you know, we, our, our coaches at Stanford shared this poem with us called If by Rudyard Kipling. It's on my wall, actually, right there. Nice. Um, and it's, it's been a, that, that was like a really formative um, poem for me because I think it, it kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, for for me as an athlete and for anyone in life of you know how to go about your pursuit of your goals um and there's just one line um can you meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same um so not allowing external indicators of how good you are at x y or z to influence your own conception of who you are um, you know, not allowing a win to, you know, entice you to take your foot off the pedal in any way or a defeat to make you stretch yourself and do too much to try to improve. Um, just kind of staying, um, you know, balanced and prepared to, you know, meet any challenge you face. So um, I encourage anyone to go read that poem because I think it hits the nail on the head. Um, so, yeah, that's my Sweet. long long uh, stumbling answer for you 
No, it's good. I think there's a couple things that I heard that are really good in there. And it it agrees with that, the saying of in sports, like never get too high or too low. So yeah. I think that's that's awesome. And yeah, it's a it's an awesome poem. Um yeah, I guess that is that's gonna wrap it up for the for the episode. Appreciate the the support on the first taking up the first uh first episode of the year. All good. Stay tuned to the moon. That was great. Stay tuned to the moon. We might have to trademark that. Um, but yeah, honestly, stay tuned for more episodes. We are picking it back up. It's that time of year, apparently. And yeah, thanks again to Zach. Thanks again to Andrew. All right. See you guys.